War on 94 Sports Podcast. Your weekly dose of everything Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Now, here are your hosts, Frank Fernandez and Evan Schlanser. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Another episode of the War on 94 podcast is here. It's Frank with Evan, as always, here to bring you everything in the world of Chicago and Milwaukee sports. Evan, how you feeling? I have an answer this time that's not weather-related. I'm super hyped about that. I'm excited for the World Cup. Uh, we're like three days away. I know you're excited. We were talking about it before we went hit record here. We are saying too much off air that we decided to hit record really quickly so we can get all our ideas back on air. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a footy mood as the Ooh. men across the pond say. How about you? I'm feeling good. I'm excited, like you said, for the World Cup to start. Sunday cannot come fast enough. Gives me something to do during the workday uh, to distract myself from all that annoying uh, work. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, beautiful start times for the games. Loving yeah, that. The, uh, the one o'clock starts for the U.S. games. Love it. It's Monday, first game. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. Let's not waste any more time. We'll start with the best thing we saw this week. Why don't you start us off? Because I know you have something you need to get off your chest. Yeah, this is not necessarily a best thing. It's kind of more of a craziest thing I saw. Um, by... Now, obviously, you know that we're soccer fans. You know where our foot, our soccer slash football allegiances lie. I myself am a man am, am a Manchester United fan, um, and in that realm of the world, one Cristiano Ronaldo has yet again made his way to the top of the headlines um, ahead of the World Cup. He missed out on the trip to Fulham over the weekend. Uh, 2-1 win for United with a nice Garnacho goal. That's He had a great great end of the week for him, but that's a separate note. Uh, he he missed out on that because he was ill. Uh, take from that what you will, um, because mere hours after that game was finished and on the way home, uh, United found out about minutes before it was breaking that a, that a article was dropping in the Sun, uh, a UK newspaper, along with a multi-day coordinated PR release from Piers Morgan, everyone's favorite hotbed reporter, um, with uh, clips and leading up to airing tonight and tomorrow, that's Wednesday and Thursday, a full 90-minute interview um, about Ronaldo, an expose on Ronaldo. Uh, And Ronaldo is using it as an attempt to... Discuss a lot of his life story, which um, I think obviously the, cl- the clips that were most pertinent to Man United came out originally, and there's some a lot of other stuff he discusses that we didn't. Very interesting mm-hmm. perspective to hear his talk about his family life and the struggles with his children, celebrating the birth of a child immediately after celebrating or mourning the death of one. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's not an easy thing for any parent to do. I would not want to be in those shoes. It's 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 nice to hear some of those anecdotes and and understand that. But at the same time, a lot of incendiary remarks, whether they're true or not, about the club he plays for, uh, the state of the club he plays for, people that have worked at the club, people that have played with him at the club, Wayne Rooney, um, people, Gary Neville. I mean, he went after everyone, including the current manager. Um, just uh, just an interview you, you can't do on any... Um, stage, no matter how big you are, and not expect consequences. I mean, obviously, right. Premier League players, whether whether this is well known information or not, are um, have a code of conduct in their contract, right? And part of that involves with how they deal with the media and and consulting the team before they do media pieces, uh, because it you, you made it made in a way to make sure it's done in a way that doesn't harm the club and the club's business endeavors and things like that. And whether you like that or not, it's still a part of their contract. He signs and it's just created a hotbed scenario. You have former players, you have current players voicing their frustrations. You might even have a, a contentious relationship in the Portugal locker room who just showed up for training 
just what two days ago and it looked like Bruno Fernandez's own teammate gave him a cold shoulder. Um, I mean, it's just, it's an ex- explodingly crazy situation and it, it, it probably for better or for worse will result in the one thing that he's looking for. And that's a way out of his contract. Cause he wants to go play for another team. And that's the craziest bit about it is he didn't know, or nobody knew he was doing this. The club didn't find out, as I said, until mere hours before it dropped his own agency. Didn't even know this was happening. Um, he had hinted back in at the end of the transfer window, like I would like to get all my thoughts together and one day everyone will know my truths. And, and for sure he has sides of his own story he needs to share, but yeah, just That's different and, though than what he actually went out and did. Yeah. You know? I mean, and it, and inexcusable. Yeah. The timing is inexcusable. The nature of how it was presented is inexcusable. Uh, unfortunately for him, it's not landing among the fan base as he might want it to. Maybe the <laughs> diehard Ronaldo fans out there are supporting every last move he does. Yeah, but right. this is a team, Manchester United currently, with, you know... The, um, are we still going here? Mic disconnect. Yeah, still recording, it says. All right, here we go. Yeah, uh, he, this is a team lashed, United, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he lashed, yo, this is a team that's winning games. Mm-hmm. Eric Ten Hag was brought in as a new manager. Uh, he, he lashed out at Eric for what he calls a, a lack of respect, um, which very interesting to demand respect when it's now twice you've walked off the field before a, a game even finishes. So right. uh, in addition, you know, it's just... I mean, and they're like, winning without him. If, like they're winning in in spite. Yeah, of his, exactly. His lackluster play. Thank you. And he and they're they're performing. You know, beginning of the year when he was in the starting lineup, they were very underwhelming, and they were getting embarrassed. Ran off the field Poor. by Brentford, and um, yeah, you know, it was it was really you know sad times well, and, for United. And fans. since then, his last competitive goal came in a Europa League group stage match against Omnia Nicosa, who's right. a Cyprian team. Um all love to my Cyprian bros listening to the podcast. <laughs> but that is not a team. Yeah, yeah, they they love us over there. But yeah. that's not a team that should ever compete on the same field as somebody with that Cristiano Ronaldo's status. I mean, normally, right? Right. The club is in certain circumstances, and it's uh, you just look at it as a whole ethos of, I think, just his lack of vision around the situation because he, he criticizes the club for being in such a state of disrepair and how nothing changed since he left. And while those points are true and unfortunate, he wouldn't be at this club if it was what he wanted the club to be. Right. Does that make sense? No, like they were, they're so reeling in desperation that they had to lash out last summer and keep him from signing for their bitter enemies mere miles down the street to, to bang in more Champions League goals. And again, this is all his goal is to find a move to a team that is playing in the Champions League so he can catch up on Messi, who has now 11 more goals, I think, in the competition than he does, um, which he views as a big stain on his record. And that's fine. I understand Obviously, I don't understand because I'm not the best at anything ever in the world, um, but with, like he is. But there's this, a real status around his game and what he and and the importance he puts in it. But like, mm-hmm. there are he is still a man at the end of the day, and he's a man that's contracted to a club in the Premier League, and there are consequences for actions like that. And I I have no doubt in my mind this is the last time we see him in a Manchester United uniform. Yeah. I, it, it won't yes. happen again. There's no way you can bring him back at this point. It, it's it's the relationship seems beyond repair when you're when you're publicly and nationally televised, like calling out your manager, calling your teammates, you know, lazy and uninterested. Um, you know, naming names: Jaden Sancho, Elanga. He go. He said Elanga and Jaden Sancho would probably do better in university than in soccer. Like saying that these two young budding stars should go to college instead of playing in the Premier League where they've worked their asses off to get there, like that's unbelievable, like unbelievably ridiculous behavior. So I don't care how many goals yeah. you've scored, I don't care what you've done, like fuck off. 
Well, and especially again, as you said, he's not he's not performing like he used to. He's thirty seven right. year old years old. Age has clearly caught up to him, and that's that's fine. That's a fact of life. Does that mean he can never play in another team again? No, but what he has to do is adjust his stuff to understand that he like men you even aren't even the top top clubs that he wants to play at, but he can't he can't afford to play he can't physically perform well enough to play in a top side anymore. Like it he has to readjust. He has to figure out what he's going to do, and 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 this is not it. And honestly, I mean, man, man, you are exploring trying to get out of his contract without having a buyout if he violated terms of the contract. So yeah. this is this is not a small situation. He knew, I or maybe he didn't, because again, his agency probably could have warned him if he did this. But I, you would think he would knew going into this that there could be massive consequences, and sounds like he wants them. So. Uh, we'll see where the chips fall, and it, it brings a really, really interesting conversation onto the port Portugal side as they start in this World Cup, which I know what you wanted to talk about is your best exactly. thing. So let's get into yes. that World Cup. Yeah. Like we said, beautiful transition, Evan. I, I know you've been working on that outside of the podcast, so I'm, your hard work's paying off. I do like 30-minute uh, warm-up sessions every day on my transition <laughs> game. Um, but yeah, World Cup, like we said at the top of the show, uh, kicks off on Sunday. Um, the host Qatar going up against Ecuador in the first game, a nice little appetizer before we get into a full slate of NFL Sunday. Um, and the tournament in general definitely is, it feels different. I think we can both agree on that. This does not have the same kind of, you know, soul and vibrance that maybe a, a another world cup might have probably with all the background noise and, human rights violations and bribery and yada, yada. What, yada, you mean the Qatari press yada. officers trying to keep people from taking photographs of the slogan printed on the wall or trying yeah, to stop or, a Danish interview TV or, live on air? Or did you see the hotel rooms, hotel rooms uh, that people are staying in outside of the city center where it's literally a, a tent like with like canvas tents, like that people are Hell yeah. In. I didn't too bad. I did not see that, but I saw a nightstand and not, that's it and vibes. Love it. I I yeah. saw the the um I saw the nine dollar Greek salad that was served at one of the fan villages that looks like my middle school cafeteria could have made better. <laughs> or the the bar, I think the main bar in Doha that's gonna be like the headquarters of like the World Cup like watch parties and stuff like that is charging ninety two dollars for beer. Like <laughs> what? Like this is just it's not to mention weird... if you if you take that off site you could get shot on site. So right. It's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, screw you, Qatar. It sucks, honestly. But give us a fun World Cup, we beg. But, and it just sucks too because of how like the like depth of talent that's in this World Cup. Like there's legitimately probably ten nations. That could that have a, a shot at winning this thing. Um, so much young, exciting talent. Um, yeah. So I mean, I just really wanted to quickly see. Maybe you could give me a World Cup winner and a Golden Boot winner uh, if you have one off the top of your head. I can give oh, you well. mine. I can I'm gonna double you. dip here. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been pulling for one person and one team every international competition, uh, and that is the jersey I'm currently wearing of one Lionel Messi in his last World Cup. Uh, this honestly does look like their best shot to do it. Yeah, I uh, agree. You mentioned, you mentioned there's, there's a lot of teams with a lot of depth of talent, but I think the biggest thing is that there's no European, like, yeah, that team is going to do it. Like, right. you know, everyone's pointing at uh, – uh, Portugal off their, I think, I think it was their Euro win was the last one, I believe, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um, no, there was the one last summer where Italy won, but they're not even in the tournament. Oh well, okay. So the last uh, that maybe that's where I'm getting confused. But the last Euro winner that's in this World Cup tournament is Portugal. So people are like, well, of course they're gonna, but that's six years removed. I don't think it's gonna happen especially as we, what we mentioned with this dark cloud hanging over their campus, they've already started. And unfortunately what I think is going to be the craziest thing in this whole tournament is the winter window that we're playing this in being right in the middle of club season is there's a lot of injuries that have changed the entire tactical plan of this team. I mean, poor France, Christopher and Kunku 
in his yeah. first training session gets taken out in a tackle and he's so done. Shame. He's out of the That's entire shame. World Cup. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, um, Sadio Mane going out for Mane out. They're hoping he there's so back, many. But, yeah, it's super but, unfortunate. Dusan Vlahovic for Serbia. Yeah, um, the yeah, list goes on and on. Right, but I think I think because there's no European like stronghold contender, I mm. think actually that favors the South American teams. We look to obviously Argentina and Brazil. Um, a lot of picks are coming in with them as as their top runners. France is getting a lot of love, but I, I'm sticking with Argentina, and I'm going to double up with Messi on the Golden Boot. Um, like in his last cup, this is his time to shine. Uh, he's not he's not making his international or his club career a mess by PR interviews, so I think he's got some good graces still on the football gods, and I think so. we'll make it happen. I like that. I like that. I mean, I think that would be a great story. Um, imagine the scenes if we get a <sighs> Portugal-Argentina final. Uh, in both in Messi and Ronaldo's final World Cup, that would be something to behold. That would be pretty incredible. But here's another hot take for you: Portugal aren't making it out of the group stage. Oh wow! Okay, I like that bold prediction. I like that. So, who do you have? Ghana or South Korea? Moving on. Korea is a really impressive team. Um, who's who's uh, who else is in that? Who's the fourth team in that group? Ghana. Ghana, Korea, Portugal. Uruguay. Aha. Um, I think I would go. You can't. You can't bet against the Black Stars ever, though. I know they they do very well in the World Cup, but they also which is like, part of why I think also not their most talented club. Obviously, correct. I give love to my boy Thomas Partey, but this is not the most. This is not the 2010 2014 versions. Of no, it is Ghana. not. Um, but I think this is I. I think this is one of the hardest groups to predict. Um, yeah. I, and I think one. Portugal's, I mean, Portugal's entire system runs through Ronaldo and I just don't think that's a good, good look. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Uruguay and I'm going to go Korea. That seems like the most fun, unique grouping to me. Um, I, like I could be entirely wrong and Portugal could have no issue with what's going on, <laughs> yeah. but it just doesn't just, seem like good vibes right now. Yeah. I think like, Obviously, Ronaldo is is that dude in for Portugal, but I mean, I just think their talent is up there with the best in like rosters in the in the tournament. I mean, you got Bernardo Silva, Bruno, Rafael Leao, you know, Jota. Uh, their defense with like Diaz and uh, Cancelo, it's it, they're a problem. So I, it'll be interesting. I, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, my my winner prediction is going to be Brazil. Uh, it's boring, okay. but I think they are just far and away, like just filled with an immense amount of talent. I think when Neymar is going to win the golden ball, um, I think he will have a, a shining performance throughout this tournament. He's in great form right now. He is playing out of his mind for PSG at the moment. So I think that'll just run right into this and, Surrounded by the likes of Vinicius and Gabriel Jesus, Rafinha, you know, the list goes on and on for Brazil. They are a very, very talented team. They were undefeated in qualifying. Like, they are, they look damn good. That's um, a very I, deep team. Yeah. Oh, extremely. I mean, their bench could probably finish in the in the quarterfinals, you know? Yeah. Um, my golden boot winner, though, I'm going to go, I'm going to give it to Kareem Benzema, um, a guy who's oh. kind of on the, Kind of on the outs with France for a for a bit there, um, but his play on the on Real Madrid, obviously Ballon d'Or winner, um, and then he's come into France like he was in the Euros. That was his first major tournament with them, and like since the 2014 World Cup, and he has been he was on fire, um, and he you know he just has a nose for goal. He is always in the right spot, and I think. The, the combination of him and Mbappe with Griezmann and that's, I mean, obviously France is just like insanely talented. France so, is loaded. Yeah. Yeah. It's extremely loaded. So they're, they have all the talent in the world to win it, but I, I think Brazil pulls it out. Um, my, I'm going to give a bold prediction as well. Um, my bold prediction is that Mexico does not make it out of the group stage. Um, and I'm going to say the United States makes it to the United States makes it to the quarterfinals. Those are my I was going to ask you what you think of the United States. Um, 
interesting. So Mexico not out of the group stage, and U.S. the two of the quarters. Yes. Um, for me personally, I mean, obviously rooting and pulling for the U.S. all the way, want them to go as far as they can. But I, this squad seems so young. Oh, they're the and the tournament. Well, correct. Yeah, you're right. They don't, they don't yeah. seem young. They are young. Um, yeah. And I just, I just. There's the variability in in what they can do is so so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the talent. We know what's available to this on this team. I also don't know if it's the best selection uh, that Berhalter ended up going with. Um, personally, for my liking, uh, Jordan Morris is a little bit of a surprise inclusion for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think the defensive pairing, the center backs leave a lot to be desired, uh, but. I, like I don't want to make a prediction before, like we see what happens in the Wales game because I think that goes a long way in determining I mean, how they yeah, end up in this the group. Because I think biggest match, yeah, sure. right? Because because you you know you 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 predict that England's gonna take control from the get go, and your in your biggest competition is gonna be Wales. But uh like I, I I honestly don't know if I see them surviving the group stage. It, it, that is my. I, I think my biggest I totally fear. Get it. The variability in their result is can be very high. I, I could see them getting, you know, or you know, their two their group is tough. I mean, obviously England, they're you know one of the best teams in the world. Have not been, not the best form lately. That's all I'll say. They they finished no pretty the bad form lately. Nations League was terrible for them. They got relegated. You know they uh, Southgate maybe on the outs depending what happens in this tournament. Um, and then you have Iran, extremely tough team. They cruise through qualifying. Like they are, uh, very strong, should not be overlooked. And then Wales, no. you know, obviously Bale, Ramsey, several young studs, Dan James, Brendan Johnson, like they are of a very good squad. Um, so no, no joke that this, uh, this group is going to be tough for the United States. But I think that they can handle themselves. I think they're going to sh- surprise a lot of people and go on a little run here. They have all the youth and exuberance you need to just play as carefree as possible, um, especially coming in off a, a, the last World Cup where they didn't even make it. So now this new generation is in their first major tournament, and I think it's going to be super exciting to see them out there, regardless of whatever happens. But I think they're going to make a run. Ah, I'd love to see it. Um, I'd love to see that. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's let's right. that's enough World Cup talk, though. I yes, think for yes. for that we got we got more pertinent Milwaukee and Chicago yes. sports topics to get to. Very much so. We we've talked the football. Now let's talk football as we recap a thrilling week uh, week ten for the Green Bay Packers. Surprised? I'd say yes. I know you were as well. Packers win a barn burner over the Dallas Cowboys in overtime, 31-28. Tell me about it, Evan. Yeah, I mean, an absolute stunning game. Uh, as I think I texted you, Packers beating the 6-2 and two Cowboys at home and also Christian Watson three three touchdown game were not on my Packers 2023 bingo card. <laughs> Especially no if you reformed it after last week, uh, incredible game. I'm at least offensively, they leaned heavily on the run. Aaron Jones had 24 for 138 and a touchdown. He looked like his old self. He looked like what happened when we've been clamoring from every week to give him oh, the yeah. ball, make the offense run through him. He did, and that's what you get. Um, you get Marshawn Lynch spinning deuces celebrations into the end zone. Uh, and then off of that, they're able to they're able to build the play action game and just frustrated the hell out of this Dallas secondary. Um, I mean, Rogers fourteen of twenty for two hundred twenty four and three. This um, this is kind of if you had asked me in July or August what I envisioned a Packers win looking like, it's ideally a better defensive formula but this offensive formula to a T you want the run game and the offensive line to control the game, control time of possession, run the ball down their throats. And when they think they know what's coming next, you just sting them with play action. And, and, you know, 
the the storyline surrounding Christian Watson from this game is incredible. You know, his little Steph Curry, like one, two, three celebration is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, his family, if you saw a video circulating on Twitter of them, like screaming and celebrating and cursing at their TV after he scored his third, like we knew you could do this. Like he's known all along. Uh, this, this was a, I'm here game for him. Oh, for um, sure. and, yeah, it's just, it's a, I've arrived, this is what I'm capable of, this is what I can do, um, and to see the story, the storyline, like, develop for him after all the frustration he's gone through this season between underperformance and injuries, to come out and have a statement game like this against a big-time opponent in a, in a time when the Packers needed anything for an answer. Oh, uh, just, it yeah, just is beyond incredible. Yeah, like, you know, again... This is the same team that put up nine points against the Detroit Lions, the worst defense of this decade a week ago. And now they have beat the one of the best teams. You could argue, I think, the second, maybe the third best team, depending on how you feel about the Vikings. Um, but there's a top three team in the division. They should have a home playoff matchup for their first yeah. thing. And you went out and said, we can run with you. We're we're here. We're... And... and, and I hate to go back on what I said a week ago, but if they play like that all season, like that's a at least a team that can make noise in the playoffs. May not be Super Bowl contending, but again, this NFC is wide the heck open. Wide open. So yeah, wide open. performances like that are going to put you in the playoff conversation immediately, even if you have lost five games straight. Yeah. So yeah, couldn't be happier. Complete role reversal from last week uh, against the Lions. And now we go into another, you know, we've talked about this tough stretch of the schedule. Uh, the Texans are in town tomorrow night or tonight. If you're listening to Thursday night football on Amazon Titans. prime, Titans. Um, I said Texans, didn't I? You Oopsies. Did. You wish it was the Tennessee Texans. Titans. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, yes, I do. I wish it was the Texans. Yeah. Um, it is the Titans. The they have, they have a behemoth running back in Derrick Henry. Um, but they have a running back that we've been able to, to minimize the effect of before. Last time they came to Lambeau, it was A.J. Dillon's renaissance, and this team ran all over the Tennessee Titans with a better yeah. receiving core, 40-14. to 14. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Who knows what the who season knows? brings? We'll find out tomorrow. Um, but this is a team that thought they were competing for a top pick a week ago and now they're very much competing for a playoff spot. And that's insane to say, but that's the Packers season. That's, that's the NFL for you. It's such a week to week league. Like you go from think from death to life support that quickly. But yeah, a very impressive win for the Packers in a, in a game where um, I definitely thought they were going to get ran off the field. Um, I mean, at one point they were down, I think two, it was 28, 14, I think 28, 14. Yeah. Yeah. And they ended up, they scored the final 17 points. It was the first, first loss in the franchise history of the Cowboys where they were up by 14 plus in the fourth quarter. I think they were 195 and 0 in their their franchise history. Like, come on. I mean, that's what happened. But that's what happens when I bet, when I bet the Cowboys minus four and a half thinking it's lock of the century. They 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 have a historic loss, so that's what happens. So that's that's I'm what happens sorry, when Aaron Rodgers comes to town. Comes to town. Yeah. By the way, uh, a combined thirty wins in Aaron Rodgers' career between the Packers or between the Bears and the Cowboys. Um, so what, like only two losses against, against the Bears or twenty five against. I think the Bears it's twenty. The... I think it's twenty three and seven against the Bears and seven and two against the Packers or Cowboys. That, fuck that stat. Um, anyways. <laughs> I knew that'd make on. you really happy. Let's talk speaking to things the, that actually make you happy. Speaking of the Bears, uh, the tank rolls on. Bears lose to the Lions 31-30. to 30. Um, <laughs> speaking, of this... team lo- fi- speaking of a team finding a way to blow a 14-point lead in the fourth quarter, the Chicago Bears. I say, is this a... Is this a where we sit and point each other Spider-Man in the back alley meme right here? <laughs> you, yeah, the, I mean... The Packers and the Lions... Yeah. Whatever. Packers and Bears, Bears both and losing Bears to the Lions. Packers have both lost to the Lions, Commanders, Giants. We're not so different, you and I. 
Mr. Playoff spot. Um, not so different. <laughs> uh, oh, we're not in one yeah. yet. We're just trying to find our way there. But yeah, uh, objectively a bad loss um, any other season, but this year, um, I'll, you know, I'll take it. Because uh, Justin Fields, once again, <laughs> showed the fuck out. He goes for, uh, I have it right here. He goes 12 for 20, 167 yards, two touchdowns, a brutal pick six in the fourth quarter. That was one of the ugliest plays I've seen him make in his short career. Um, But he also went for 147 more yards on the ground, two more touchdowns, immediately followed up that pick six with a electrifying 67 yard touchdown run. He is just phenomenal, spectacular, exquisite. I mean, I've run out of adjectives almost to describe the way this guy is playing out there. Um, <laughs> un- unbelievable. Just, it is such a joy to watch. Um, and I know a lot of people were complaining. A lot of writers, beat, Bears beat writers were saying, you know, this team has to learn to win at some point. Um, you know, this is the kind of game you got to win. You know, good quarterbacks, you know, they, they need to start winning early in their career. I think that's a load of crap. When you're playing the way that Justin Fields is playing, and this is a team that has a horrible roster surrounding this young, exciting quarterback, like this is what you, I mean, this is what happens. Like, and, and, and the idea that a quarterback has ever come, like that this happens often where quarterbacks come out of the draft and just immediately like jump into a team and make them good. Like there, there's a, a very small section of, quarterbacks who get drafted who go into those situations like Ben Roethlisberger and like Russell Wilson are two that come to mind but other everyone else goes into situations where they play with a bad team for a couple years Peyton Manning you know you guys like Troy Aikman um I mean the list goes I I mean I can go on and on but these guys go into situations they play on bad with bad rosters that's why you have a high pick in the first place and yeah I mean it, it, it is what it is it I definitely on when it comes to you know this is Wednesday Frank Brain talking right now, um, and I'm looking at mock drafts and blah blah blah. But Sundays, obviously, I want to <laughs> see the Bears. I want to see the Bears win, like duh. But when all said and done, it's like, well, now we have the sixth pick in the draft, and we're moving up, and we have a better chance of getting a you know a generational talent at you know offensive line, edge rusher, wide receiver. Uh, one of 10 other positions on the field that we need help at. Um, but I will say one of those positions is not tight end because Cole Komet, where have you been all my life? Yeah. Uh, two, Cole Komet breakout season is here. Two more touchdowns, five in three weeks. Like after zero between week uh, seven and December of 2020, like, Un, like this guy <laughs> his NFL <has>, debut <laughs> like seriously he has broken out um in the best way possible um caught a touchdown in the red zone which the bears have now become like one of the best red zone teams in the NFL um ever since that mini buy after the Washington Commanders game um and then you had his 50 yard touchdown where he broke free on it uh and was wide open like they're just finding ways to score another 30 point performance for the bears. Uh, first team in NFL history to have three consecutive games where they score at least 29 points and lose all three. So another uh, fun stat bears breaking records all over the place. Um, but yeah, I, none of it matters. I'll tell you that much. None of it matters with the losses. Um, the way this team is the way this offense is playing right now, like we are in a good position. Um, bad news. Khalil Herbert did injure his hip um, on a kick return in the fourth quarter. And he is going to be out for at least the next four games. They did place him on injured reserve. So very disappointing news on that front because he has been spectacular so far this year. Um, looks like the lion's share of the carries are going to go back to Dave Montgomery which I won't complain about. Um, 
and we'll probably see a little more trust in Ebner. And then, of course, Justin Fields will probably just go for another buck fifty uh, out of the backfield. So nothing, nothing to worry about. What week? What week at this point does Justin Fields break the quarterback rushing record? I mean, rushing yard record. At this, at this pace, he's at seven fifty, I think. Uh, records twelve oh six. That feels like he breaks it before Christmas. I'm going to say like that right week, now. Week 14, if he keeps going yeah. at this pace, I mean, he's going to have well over 1,200 yards. He has just been – and it was one of those things where I, I don't want to get, like, too deep in the weeds with, like, the Justin Fields, you know, talk. But, like, it was one of those things where when he was at Ohio State, I never really realized – and even when he was coming to the Bears – I always knew, like, he's mobile. He could run. Like, you know, he has – he's fast, whatever. But I never was like, oh, he's Lamar Jackson 2.0. Like, where he can just break off these insane runs. Like, you know what I mean? You're good. Keep going. It It's kind of insane. What? You're still re- you're still recording. It's still recording. Oh, it's still recording on my side. Oh, yours is, but it says yours isn't recording. You don't have the red dot. Okay. Okay. This this is this is clearly my computer, but we're here we go. We're gonna try and see if we can get a whole right. episode out of this. Um yeah, no, Fields is insane in his game breaking ability. I think we knew it was potentially there. Um, but as you said, the scope that they're able to use it and it feels like nobody can see it coming. Like in a Lamar sense, like this feels like any time he moves, it's it could be a sixty yard run. Uh, yeah. And it's kind of just terrifying to see um, people were going through their look ahead f- schedule predictions for the um, the Packers as they try and finish the season and end up into a playoff spot. And quite frankly, I don't want to think about what Justin Fields and David Montgomery can do to this Packers lack of a rushing defense. It is a little bit terrifying because this is not the same team we saw in week two on Sunday night football. Um, but we'll get to that when that comes around. We have a few other games to escape from. That is my Super Bowl. Before that happens. You know that. that is my Super Bowl. Oh, I believe it. I yeah, believe it. It's that, um, the only game I care about winning for the rest of the season. Um, anyone else? We can finish 4-13, and 13, but if we win that one, I will be fulfilled in my in my. Yeah, I, I – gee, I can so, understand yeah. why. Um, basketball time. Yeah. Let's uh let's get into it. Um, I think it's pretty quick because we only got like one game each of us, right? Yeah, I mean Bulls. The last, I mean, since we've talked last, they've played one game and they looked like absolute dog shit. I was there. It was after a long weekend. I sat down and I was like, I do not want to be here right now. And I think the Bulls said the exact same thing because they came out and just laid an egg against the Nuggets. Um, Lost by tw- lost one twenty six to one hundred three. Offense was a mess. Turnovers could not stop anything in front of them. Um, Ju- Nikola Jokic went for like fifteen assists in the first half. Um, it was bad, um, and the Bulls said it themselves. They got their asses kicked, and maybe too much rest is a thing. I don't know, but um, they've had a lot of back to backs to start the season. I think the most in the NBA. Um, and now they've been having a couple days break. They're playing right now. It's Wednesday. They're playing the Pelicans as we speak. Um, I haven't really had a chance to check on the game. Uh, it's at halftime. They're currently down by five. So tough game. Even without Zion Williamson, it's a tough team to play. Um, yeah, I mean, the Bulls are very average right now. They've been going through a very tough schedule. Um, and they've been playing fairly well, so I'm, I can't, I won't give them too much grief. Um, but yeah, that game was an absolute nightmare to watch. So hopefully we can we can just bounce back from that and just and just keep it rolling into like an easier part of the schedule coming up. We have games against the Thunder, the Magic, 
uh, Pacers. So some some bad teams coming up uh, to kind of get right against. Yeah, uh, it's pretty much the same on the Bucks side of things. Um, they have played the Hawks now three times in this early season, and they've lost two of them, the mo- two most recent matchups being the two they've lost. And they didn't really like look particularly good in either of them. Uh, this team is clearly missing Middleton and missing Connaughton in big games like that. Uh, playing a lot better in a game currently against the Cavs. That's 61-60. I believe it's the Bucks up by one at halftime, but it's been a very, very back-and-forth game. Um, so, and those are two teams that both need to win. Uh, the Bucks obviously have lost two now. They lost to the, um, uh, Spurs. Spurs. Thank you. Great, great loss there. They lost the Spurs before losing to the Hawks. And then the, the Cavs are on a four game skid off a West coast trip. Uh, so two teams that are at the top of the conference, desperately needing a win, uh, yeah. to maintain that status, especially over each other. Cause those are, you know, I think it's. It's pretty clear so far, at least on quality of play, which even even though it's a little early to say this, that the three strongest teams, I think, in the conference are the Cavs, Bucks, and the Celtics. So um, big kind of status game here for, you know, there's other teams. Yeah. I'm not trying to discount everyone else, but it's, I think those oh, two yeah, have yeah, separated no. themselves as a tier like above. This, yeah, this point in the season, yeah, definitely. Like, And, and the I would put the Hawks, right? Okay. Hawks are getting there. Yeah, I say. I guess that you can't say that they beat you twice and not put right. them in that same conversation. Right. They deserve a shot. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a big, it's a big game for both teams. This one's currently going on Milwaukee, so we'll see what it brings. Um, yeah, that's about all I can say. We'll see what it brings. Yeah, um, let's move on. We wanted to kind of do a little midseason check-in, a little midseason awards for the NFL. I know we're a little past the halfway point of the season. But 10 games in, we wanted to sort of do a roundup on a few awards we have for our teams. Um, and we're, we don't want to go with the, you know, there's there's the usual awards that get sent out. The MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, there's the Defensive Player of the Year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we are hoping to kind of do a little bit something different on our side. And that is, we're gonna give out pack uh, awards to each of our teams, uh, starting with the best play of the season so far. Um, you want to go first, Evan? Uh yeah. Best play of the season uh, was very clearly the first Christian Watson touchdown of this last Sunday. <clears throat> We talked a little early about his breakout game, but that touchdown is just huge for him. Uh, similar play design as go back to week one. Uh, this mm-hmm. is why it's huge. Go back to week one. Um, first few plays of the game, immediately the Packers take a deep shot uh, into Watson, who has completely busted his man off the line against the Vikings in Minnesota. Um, chance to ca- reel that ball in and go stride for, like just cruising away into the end zone for his first NFL touchdown in his first NFL game. Uh, what an amazing storyline that would have been and goes right through both of his hands and um, mm. kind of just set the tone for that game. And even though they ended up get, get coming out of that stretch and ended up three and one kind of just felt like a sign of things to come for this team. Uh, but completely was able to just, I mean, just rinse all the demons of that play away uh, and doing something similar, you saw how pumped up he was. Lots of flexing, fist pumping. Uh, the second touchdown brought a Lambo leap, but the first one brought a standing backflip in the end zone. Pretty fucking sick celebration. Um, he, he's he's a physical phenom. We knew he had this ability. This is why the Packers took the risk on him in the second round. Um, the, the, and and if he can continue to put plays like that together. Uh, that's when this offense becomes lethal because he can just kill you in ways that most people in the NFL can't with that speed and size. Um, so for him to get that touchdown and then go on to have the game he did, that is kind of just the highlight of the season so far. Yeah. I mean, especially in a five game losing streak, it's hard to find a, uh, hard to find a best play in that. Yeah. One, I'm trying so. to gloss over all limited, those. So yeah. Limited selection there. Uh, my best play of the year. I think a lot of people would say this um, even, outside observers uh the justin fields touchdown run against the dolphins um just an unbelievable athletic play comes running you know steps up in the pocket moving to his left fakes throwing over to his right and 
just leaves the Dolphins linebackers standing flat-footed and just says, I'm the fastest guy out here, try and catch me, flies past the defenders and goes 61 yards to put the Bears right back in the game after a blocked punt return for a touchdown. Um, that was the like official coming out party for Justin Fields that whole game. And um, yeah, that was like the cherry on top of the of the Sunday for that fantastic game he had. Uh, just unbelievable. I've probably watched that play no less than a thousand times uh, since it was since it happened. I was in the building. It was electrifying. Um, super fun. Super yeah, I fun don't play. And he's he's made a couple since then. And earlier in the season, there were several plays that I could have picked from, but that one just feels like it stands out from the rest, just in terms of like the awareness to leave the defenders still standing still with the pump fake, and then just take off and know like he has a seam, and just takes it to the house. Yeah, it's just an insane play. Um, you're right; it's one of the top NFL plays of the season. I don't think uh, it it it. I've watched it not a thousand times, but I've watched it a few times myself, and it, it just is befuddling to me how he made Miami look like they were legitimately standing still. Um, yeah. And it wasn't even just on the pump fake. Like, it just didn't look like they had even a snowball's chance in hell of catching him at any point in that play. No. He ran through like he was playing Madden on rookie mode, trying to drown out a loss uh, yep. and by beating up on the same team like 240 to nothing. But <laughs> it, it just, it was unreal. Um, he's, he's, he's sick as hell. Yeah. He's so much fun. Um, let's get into the best position group. So, uh, I think we have sort of similar here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking strictly to the running backs. Uh, you're going to group fields in there because the run game has been dominant, but I think both for both teams, the running game for the Packers was supposed to be. The strength of this team obviously assigned Aaron Jones two off seasons ago to a giant extension. Um, and he is one of the best players on on an NFL field at any given point. Um, yeah. He's has the ability to score three, four touchdowns in a game. He's done it multiple times, including against the Cowboys a few seasons back. Uh, he just is like no other. Um, and and then when you when you have AJ Dillon, who's had ups and downs himself this season, but when you have him playing his best football, he compliments AJ or Aaron. AJ Aaron Jones mm-hmm. in a way that non no no one no really no one really else can. It reminds it reminds me of when they referred to Ingram and Kamara in his rookie year as like thunder and lightning. It's like kind of big bruising oh, yeah. back and oh, then yeah, it's, it's a, a little speedster. It's, yeah, it's, it's the classic the classic cliche of the two running backs, one's gotta be thunder, one's gotta be lightning. And they embody it very well between the two of them. Yeah. Ballers, yeah. both of them. The running backs yeah. are why why the Packers have wins on the board. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at the stats right here. Packers seventh ranked in terms of yards, total yards, and on about 60, almost 100 less carries than the Chicago Bears, um, which I'm going to highlight because they have the best rushing attack in the NFL right now. Um, the backfield in general has just been sick. We've already touched on Justin Fields. He is on pace to break records when it comes to rushing as a quarterback, but uh, his two headed monster at running back has been fantastic as well. Khalil Herbert, Dave Montgomery, both been great. Um, Bears are far and ahead. The leaders in the clubhouse, as far as average yards per game, total yards um, attempts, um, they're up there with touchdowns. I mean, this is a, a team that has been built on the run game. It's been something I've been asking for for a long time. Um, I have the sweater to prove it, run the damn ball. And this offensive unit has showed that that's what they do best, averaging over 200 yards a game on the ground. Like that is, that's special. That's, I mean, nobody else is even, I'm looking at the list. I mean, the next highest is the Baltimore Ravens at 168 per game. Like, so that's a good 30 yards more than the next highest team. Um, And they've just been able, again, some of the best defense in the NFL, you know, like the Washington commanders uh the the cowboys like they've still been able to run the ball extremely well so that's been the bread and butter of this team they go up against another great running team this sunday in atlanta should be 
a lot of points on the board, which I'm super excited to watch that. Uh, but yeah, backfield has been great for the Bears. Super, super happy with the way they've been playing. Um, now let's talk about the biggest position disappointment or just disappointment in general. Um, I know you have a a bone to pick with the Packers defense. Yeah, it's it's um there's not enough bad words that can be said about it. Uh, <laughs> this was a team that was supposed to, as I said, be run game, run heavy, and then rely on the defense. And the defense, uh, a lot of times, looks like Swiss cheese. Uh, Stokes is having an awful second year. Um, you did have flashes of brightness in this game. Obviously, I think Jerome Ford is the guy. Two picks. Jonathan Ford, my apologies to you, Jonathan, who I know is also listening, much like all our Cyprian fans. Uh, Jonathan Ford, two big picks in this game, uh, actually might have played his way onto the field, but there's been a lot of letdowns between injuries. Unfortunately, Rashawn Gary is sidelined for the rest of the year with an ACL injury. Uh, Devondre Campbell, Rasul Douglas not having great years off their big contracts. Just not a lot has gone right, and uh, a lot of frustration ends up getting taken out on Joe Barry and probably rightly so. I mean, it, it would not be shocking to see that regardless of how this team finishes up, whether it's three wins or well, it's four wins now, whether it's four wins or whether it's 10 wins <laughs> um, that it would not be shocking to see him not have a job at the start of next year. Uh, it just mm -hmm. has not worked. Um, the formula is not there. And it's a largely underwhelming, especially against the run. The run game is just so frustrating. And when that leads a lot of questions going into tomorrow night, um, but He's that's enough. We've talked about that already. Defense is just the biggest, biggest letdown. You froze over here. All right, well, we've lost Frank. Uh, he's trying to come back in here. Wow, this episode's been horrible. Um, I'm going to talk, and he can add in in a little bit, I guess. Um, the Bears. Oh, wait, here he comes. I'm back now. Um, but, yeah, you just, like, totally froze up. Yeah, I think you left the feed entirely. Huh, that's weird, because... It was still recording on my end, but your picture looked so, like, blurry. You looked like you were, like, in, like, the early 2000s uh, all of a sudden. Yeah. And, then, and then it just, like, and then it kicked this me is, out. This is a great episode. Uh, let's talk about that disappointment of yours. Um, if anyone's stuck with us to this far, thank you. Yeah. You are not our disappointment. You're the best. Uh, yeah, my disappointment, the front seven. Uh, I could go the whole defense in general, but I thought I'd pick out a, a specific group um on this defense and that's the front seven they have just been uh frankly even with the even when robert quinn and roquan smith were here um just creating zero pressure on the quarterback is a recipe for disaster for your team and that's what this team has been just completely unable to do um travis gibson has been a total total disappointment he was supposed to be the guy who kind of stepped up with no like no Hicks, no Mac, no now no Quinn. Like this was supposed to be the guy who kind of stepped in, be our major edge rusher. He has been, you know, very bad this year, um, and no one has really been able to step up and kind of make that difference. Dominique Robinson, you know, he was he's a rookie. He's still young. He's he's showing flashes, but just the front seven in general has been lackluster, um, and it's. It's like where it starts on defense. You know, if you can't get home to the mm -hmm. quarterback, that allows him to have more time. If he has more time, cornerbacks, safeties can only cover for so long. Like you can only cover an NFL receiver for, you know, five seconds, maybe, maybe th probably th closer to like three seconds before they're going to find a way to get open. And that's what we saw against the Dolphins, what we saw on Sunday against the, the Lions. Like they were just. I mean, it's like the Bears were giving him like 15 yards of space on every play. It was like prevent defense. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, front seven has been a major disappointment. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll get to my. I was gonna give a shout out to one guy, but I, I'll wait. I'll just save that for my biggest surprise. Uh, which your biggest surprise is a pair of rookie wide receivers. Yes, uh, this was the the hinge of this season. If we had any product productivity, it would have to come from the two highest draft picks, Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. That and by two highest draft picks, I mean investment specifically in the wide receiver room. Obviously. Losing Devonte and then also losing Marquez Valdez Scantling mm-hmm. um, leaves a massive and Equinemia St. Brown, who played a lesser role last season, but still was not insignificant to this team, um, leaves a massive question mark. Uh, right. You you can't stir- survive in this NFL um, without passing the ball. It's just not possible. Uh, and to pass the ball, you need people who that can catch the ball. And while it's been inconsistent and while they've had uh, downs, obviously drops for both players, mm-hmm. Dubs now unfortunately out injured and Watson spending a lot of time injured with concussions and other other a hamstring issue. I mean, at one point it looked like his season was going to get shut down, but they've both turned in performances uh, that flash the talent that caused them to get drafted. Um mm-hmm cause them to be on on people's boards. Uh, obviously, Watson's is the most recent one with that three-touchdown game, but Dubs has shown flashes. And even a small secondary shout-out to Samari Touray, who's shown some some off-schedule plays that Devontae likes. But the biggest talk has been, like, Dubs and Watson were so, so hard on themselves and trying to get them out of that and just play the game of football, which they know and love. Right. Um, and I think, I think even um, Watson – or. Uh, Rogers was calling maybe Toure or Dubs Mr. Critical at one point. I like just trying to just loosen up a little bit, you know? Um, and they have, they, they've shown flashes. Uh, they will be what continues to be productive. If this team is to have long-term success, especially against some of the tougher opponents coming up, uh, the Titans tomorrow, the Eagles, and then a few weeks here, um, the run game we know is strong, but, uh, when they can prove when they can play, the wide receivers and have games like they, like they both have had so far. Uh, it, it is the biggest sign of improvement for this team in the post Devonte yeah. era. Definitely. Uh, replacing Devonte Adams is not easy but when you have a pair of uh, guys like this who are already showing these flashes at such a young age, it, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, my biggest surprise um, is going to be, you know, I'll, I'll hold off on the Justin Fields gush fest for one award and I will give it to the pairing in the, in the uh, secondary that has been very surprising and very uh, exciting this season. That is the, the combination of rookie Jaquan Brisker and Bojack, Eddie Jackson, um, a guy in Bojack who was, really like sort of on everyone's kind of shit list for the last couple of years. Uh, of course he came in to start his first two years was one of the best safeties in the NFL, got a huge contract extension, um, was a touchdown machine on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and ever since the 2018 season, he's been pretty disappointing. Um, and, a lot of people have been calling for his head, saying he doesn't deserve the money he's being paid, blah, blah, blah. Well, this year he's definitely taken a step up um, in an otherwise terrible defense for the Bears. He has been a shining light, four interceptions, uh, the most among safeties in the NFL. Um, and he's been able to become more of a ball hawk like we we always uh, have seen him be early in his career. And he's showing why he deserves to be paid. Um, and he's been a great uh, – leader in this in this locker room and a great leader for Jaquan Brisker who has came in and just exceeded expectations better than I could have ever imagined um second round pick from this season um taken just after the Kyler Gordon selection and through 10 games here's some stats for you um he's had 316 coverage snaps only allowed 195 yards um 62 total tackles three sacks and he's the highest graded rookie safety, um, higher than first round picks like Kyle Hamilton. Um, so to have him come in and immediately make a difference, he also made one of the best plays of the season. My probably my runner up for play of the year, 
uh, so far. That one-handed interception he had against the Patriots on Monday Night Football was spectacular. Um, and he is a guy who just is flies around, hits so hard, um, and he's like a classic bear safety that you just love to have back there. Um, a good safety net for an otherwise poor defense. Uh, so shout out to Quan and shout out to Eddie Jackson having a nice little comeback season. Shouts out to the boys. Yes. And then let's finish off with team MVP. Um, I think both of ours are pretty obvious when it comes to the way we talk about these teams. Uh, give me yours and then I will show you mine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty clear. As you said, uh, this offense has done well when Aaron Jones gets touches. This offense has always done well in the past few seasons when Aaron Jones gets plenty of time on the ball between the receiving game, his his versatility there, his ability to run between the tackles, his ability to just outrun people in open space. Uh, he is a dynamic weapon. There's a reason they paid him money um, mm-hmm. to come back. And again, uh, why, why, you know, Look at how many touches he has in losses compared to how many touches he has in wins. It's it's night and day. And even even lump the Bills game, which was not a win, into the win category and see how the team generally performed offensively versus defensively. The game plan is clear. This team needs to run the ball. Uh, when they do run the ball, they are successful. And when they do run the ball, it's Aaron Jones doing all of that. Uh, it's beautiful to watch. He's one of my favorite Packers, probably of all time, or at least damn near nearing that list. Uh, actually, I think he's firmly on that list, um, especially with some of the actions of Mr. Brett Favre, who we haven't talked about at all, but <clears throat> he deserves to leave the list forever. So, uh, yeah, go Aaron Jones, team MVP through week 10, 11, whatever we're at. Um, take us to the Bears for our not-surprising pick. Yeah, uh, surprise, 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 surprise. Uh, that is one Justin Fields. Uh, I don't know how I, I can, I could go on all day. I could probably do a solo podcast where I just talk about him for three hours. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just an unbelievable season so far, especially after how things started this year, um, where he was being called the worst quarterback in the NFL. This is not a franchise guy. The Bears should start looking at CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, they should trade him while they have the chance, blah, blah, blah. Well, the narrative has shifted very quickly. And a lot happens when you start to build your offense around your franchise quarterback. Um, and he has proven to be that guy. Uh, he's a handful for defenses. He has been just heaped praise upon by all different superstars, coaches, owners gms fans writers everyone is in love with justin fields the love fest has been something i've never experienced for a bears quarterback i've never had a quarterback who was even remotely close to the level that he's at um dan orlovsky is calling for him to get mvp votes um i mean it's 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 insane the the way this guy has just completely done a 180 almost on on this season um, and he is keeping us in games almost single-handedly with the talent around him. Um, I hope he continues to develop, shows this uh, upward, you know, trajectory. And we go into the offseason with lots of money to spend, lots of draft picks to pick, and give him some, some real pieces around him because he deserves it. The way he's been playing, he deserves some help. Uh, so, yeah, Justin Fields, far and away my MVP for the bears this season. Um, yeah, I, I I've been super happy with him. So no complaints. Fields is him. That's what we've talked about the last he few weeks in this him. podcast. Uh, yeah. Guy that yeah. you want to build around for forever. So yeah. shout out Justin Fields, shout out the Chicago bears for maybe having a, a quarterback for once in their eternity. Maybe. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's really all we got. Um, we're heading into week 11 of the NFL season. Uh, Packers, by the time you're listening to this, will probably have already played. So we'll talk about that next episode. Bears play the Falcons on Sunday. Like I mentioned, should be an exciting game, if nothing. Uh, 
yeah i mean and we'll we'll have it all for you on the next episode um that's evan i am frank thank you for sticking with us if you're still here and you stuck with us through all the technical difficulties and everything um you're you're a real one and uh we're giving you a five-star review because you're a a real one five-star fans that's everyone's a five-star fan in our book but you if you stuck with us you are the realist of five and a half stars uh five and a half stars whoa but yeah whoa breaking the scales thanks everybody for listening we'll talk to you soon peace peace as he said